going to look at biblical banking. Biblical banking. You know, it's interesting how through the years, um, there's been many uh, financial crashes. Um, we went through a period a few years ago where the government were bailing out the banks. And you think, well, why are the banks in trouble? You know, they, aren't they just meant to just be looking after our money? But of course, with the way in which banks work, and they take your money and invest it somewhere, and if the investment's not good, um, then even the banks can uh, default on uh, the money they have, and uh, then they start ending up uh, owing people more money than they actually have. And we've noticed again now recently uh, that banks in America uh, have started uh, to struggle and uh, um, uh, 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 have issues in terms of uh, the money that's available to them. And, and you kind of get, uh, I don't know, um, frowned upon um, if you keep cash in the house and some people like maybe stash it under the mattress and put it away for a rainy day and like, oh no, you need to invest it. But it all depends on what that investment is. Like people who invested in, in Apple 20, 30 years ago, you know, would have needed a small investment then to have incredible amounts of money now. Um, but you didn't know if that company was ever going to take off. So there is a there is a risk when it comes to investing money. Um, you know, Bitcoin, that was the thing you had to, Bitcoin was the way to go. And, you know, um, I, I know somebody who's got, who owns a part of a Bitcoin for thousands and thousands of pounds. And now the Bitcoin's not worth hardly anything or it's not worth as much as it once was. Uh, and so sometimes it can be hard to say, well, how, how do we invest our money? And what the Lord is saying in this passage of Scripture is, you invest in things on the earth, you've never got any guarantee of the return. But you invest in things in heaven, and there is always a guarantee of return. Because that interest is always, uh, always growing. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, the Lord says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together, for this privilege to come around your word, Lord. We pray that you speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. We pray that you'd help us to have an understanding of what it means to store our treasures up in heaven. Father, we'll look tonight at what this verse means and what it doesn't mean, and we'll see how we can apply that to our hearts and lives this evening, that we might walk worthy uh, with which the vocation with which we have been called. So, Father, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, that you would help those that have a need here in the building or those watching online tonight, Lord. And we pray that through all of this, uh, we would be able to apply your word to our hearts and lives that we might serve you better, and that we might dedicate our lives to you as we should. We pray and ask all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. So if you remember, what Christ is dealing with in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount is priorities. Uh, we've looked at things that we um, should be doing as believers. We've then looked at the motives behind doing those things, what we should in terms of praying, fasting, and giving. And now the Lord is talking about the priorities in our lives. What do we put first? You know, each and every one of us has some kind of priority. What we put first and foremost in our lives. You have a priority of what you do first thing 
in the morning. You have a priority of what you do when you first get to work. You have a priority uh, which takes precedent over everything else. And the Lord here is talking about what needs to be first in our lives. We don't always, and I don't know if anybody's ever made any kind of investment. Um, you know, when I was working in GE, it was you, you, as part of your pay, uh, they would put some of that pay into GE shares. Uh, and you know, the, the, the stocks would grow and then the shares would split. So you'd get twice as many shares for the same amount of money and then the stocks would grow and the shares would split. And I always remember saying to my mum, oh, when I'm older, you know, when I'm a bit older, I'm going to be able to buy you a house. Because the shares are going to be so much. Uh, can I say this to you? I didn't end up buying mum and dad a house. I wasn't able to fulfill that promise. Um, and it's not because um, um, the shares didn't do any good. It's because I left G and I didn't have any shares anymore. But that is just dependent on the current financial situation. It's dependent on how well the company does. It's dependent on how well the stocks do. It's dependent on a whole host of things. You know, after 9-11, GE shares plummeted because they are an airline industry. And after 9-11, they literally shut down the airspace. And that had a knock-on effect then in terms of overhauling aircraft engines. We can invest. And sometimes we can get, you understand when I use the term lucky, because we've made a good investment. I know people who have lost thousands because they've invested their money ready for the, that rainy day, their nest egg, and the company they've invested with has made one bad investment and they've lost everything. What the Lord is telling us to do here is to literally put God first in our life because when we invest in him, that will always be a return on our investment. First of all, the Lord gives us a caution. He says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. You know, we don't always place a, a great emphasis or priority on Christian growth. Um, we have to understand that as believers, we are never stagnant. We are either advancing in our walk with the Lord or we regress it. Uh, we're either growing for the Lord or we are literally shrinking or, as the Bible says, backsliding. We're never stagnant. We're always on the move. Uh, and sometimes people don't really see the, the priority or the need or the importance of Christian growth. You know, listen, coming to church has got nothing to do with pleasing me or um, pleasing anybody else. You ought not to come to church because you have to, but because you want to. That ought to be a priority in our life. You were never going to get me to say, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Because I did that when I was a young Christian. I had a loose view on attending church, and I can promise you it did not end well for me. So I'm very passionate about being in church. Now, a lot of people might think praying is a waste of time, that Bible reading is irrelevant, that telling somebody about Christ is just embarrassing. But these are all ways in which we can store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. 
that is an investment. Like Brother Andrew said in his testimony, somebody coming to know Christ as their Savior, whoever just happened to be there, um, to, to have the privilege of you know, telling that person and then um, being the, the person that was able to, to pray with them or point them in that direction, that's a treasure that that person has stored in heaven. And that's incredible. But the quest for material possessions today is at an all-time high. You know, you have to have the next best thing. Uh, how long do our phones last? Our phones last two, three years for those who are on contract. And, you know, we change them all the time. The companies are quite clever. Because what they'll do is after two years, they'll purposely make the batteries not last as good. So then you have to change your phone. But it's like, ooh, what phone have you got? Ooh, what phone have you got? Certain people who don't ask, because then they, they pull out this. No screen, just buttons. <laughs> but it is, you know, you, you've got to have the next best thing. You've got to have the newest phone. You've got to have the, the biggest gadget. You've got to have that, that next thing. And we kind of place so much emphasis today on material possessions. Uh, and instead of investing in reaching souls of men uh, to have it, uh, spiritual eternal treasures, instead of investing in our spiritual personal growth, instead of investing in our, in our time spent with the Lord and our time praying, if we put as much effort uh, as we do investing in the things of the world to the spiritual things, we would have incredible growth in our lives. So what is the Lord saying here? When he says, store not up, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. First of all, I want to tell you what he's not saying. He is not condemning those who are wealthy. Okay, so don't think those who have money that the Lord is saying, well, you shouldn't have money, you should live the life of a pauper. Abraham was very wealthy. Job was very wealthy. He is not condemning those who have wealth. Wealth is gained by honest work and used rightly is commended in the Bible, not condemned. The, this negative command doesn't mean that we are prohibited from earning a living. That's not what the Lord is saying. The Lord is not saying you shouldn't earn any money, you should simply trust the Lord and he'll provide everything. That's, that's not what the Lord is saying. Uh, we are to be diligent in hard work and in business matters. Paul said, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And Proverbs says, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty in that. So he's, he's not saying that you're not allowed to earn a living. He's also not condemning saving for the needs that we have. For, there's nothing wrong with saving. There's nothing wrong with, you know, putting money aside for um, retirement or, you know, for holidays or uh, for family needs or for college funds or whatever it might be. Um, he, he's not saying that. Proverbs says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guile, overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. So he's not condemning those who are wealthy. He's not condemning those who need to earn a living. And he's not condemning those who are saving for um, uh, personal needs or family needs. So what the Lord is saying here when he says, lay up. Lay not up for yourselves. That word lay up, it comes from the Greek word, thesorizo. 
the story zone. What does that sound like? The storex. And that is basically where we get the word thesaurus from. Thesaurus means a treasury of words. So what the Lord is saying here in the Greek text, it can read, do not treasure up treasures. That's basically what it means in the Greek. That is an action that requires much time and energy. This kind of behavior describes the rich man in Luke 12. He was a man that was wasting the blessings that God had given him. And that's what the Lord is trying to tell us, not to make that mistake. He spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. And he said, This shall I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much good, goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up for himself, uh, layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. The word treasure not only refers to monetary things, um, it can also refer to uh, any items laid up in a treasury. So like when we think of laying not up for yourselves uh, treasures upon earth, we probably think immediately of finances. We probably think of cash, gold, whatever it might be. But the Lord is talking about any item that is that important to somebody. Um, they measured wealth in many different ways um, throughout the years. Um, and what our Lord means by treasure is not merely money or material goods, but whatever each man thinks best, that which most, he most eagerly strives to attain, that which he most dreads to lose. Our text doesn't say, do not lay up for yourselves money on earth. It says treasures. And that's an inclusive term. Treasures were a number of things. Uh, treasures or wealth among the ancients could have included clothing. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, maybe once a year during the summertime, start having a little wardrobe purge? And then you, you would loathe to throw a certain item of clothing out. Not because it's scabby or it's full of holes, or, but it means something. Perhaps it sparks some kind of memory. Perhaps, perhaps it's because of the price you paid for it back in 1982. There's no way that you're going to get rid of that. And maybe, well, I've no doubt it will be back in fashion at some point. Remember flares? They've been back twice since you were generation stopped wearing them. Dad still got his original. And so in, in certain times, clothing was uh, considered as a treasure and sometimes the clothing would have like a gold scheme to it uh, and um, uh, so a change of, uh, of raiment uh, was considered as a treasure um, gold, silver, gems, wine, lands, oil it was a, an abundance of anything that was held to be conducive um, to the ornament or comfort of life Anything that made life more comfortable or anything that made life look more affluent. That's what the Lord is referring to. 
as a treasure. And what Jesus has in mind is people who get their entire satisfaction from things. The things of this world. It's only, you know, have you heard of retail therapy? That's the only thing that's going to make me happy is if I can go shopping and buy stuff that I don't need. Jesus is concerned about selfishness in misplaced values. And because what that can lead to is a spirit of covetousness. Because then we want it. You know, when, when Joe and I first got married, and, uh, you know, we, we both had fairly decent paying jobs, and, but we just got married, so we, we kind of wanted stuff. And it was easy to get stuff. Because everybody told you, oh, yeah, you can just pay a little bit of money. All oh, right, okay, well, we'll have that. Oh, you've only got to pay £30 a month for that. You've only got to pay £100 a month for that. Oh, we can put that on the credit card. Oh, we can have this on tick. Oh, we can have that on... And before you know it, all of that spending £30 a month soon adds up to the point where you, you can't pay for it anymore. But you have to have it. You know, we have to have that new fair fee because the second hand one that was offered to us, we didn't want that. And we had to have that brand new car because, you know, it's shiny. But that's, that's kind of the attitude. And that's the kind of thing that the world wants to lull you into that false sense of security that we can just pay for it later. Pay for it bit by bit. And before you know it, you can't pay, afford to pay for anything. But that's the whole attitude of the world. Things is what makes us happy. Do you know, comes coming towards, well, was the middle-ish, the other side of the middle part of our lives now, and you realize that things are not what make you happy. Things don't fix problems. You know, bricks make a house. The bricks don't make a home. But we can be so easy to focus on the things of this world. You know, yeah, we uh, look, it's okay to, to treasure our family, but not if our family comes between us and serving the Lord. It's, it's okay, but when family gets you out of church or gets you out of God's will, then us treasuring our family becomes laying up a treasure on earth. If anything in this world is everything to you, it's an earthly treasure. But where is our heart? Where are our treasures? Another thing that we treasure today is time. Time is so valuable. But we need to make sure that we give enough time for the Lord, that we give enough time for our praying, for our reading, for telling others about Christ. There's a guy by the name of Harold L. Fickett, and he wrote about a wealthy businessman who on his deathbed was filled with remorse. He had earned all that money through his life. And when his pastor called, he opened his heart and shared the burden that he was carrying. And he said that years earlier, he'd been given the opportunity to teach a Sunday school class of nine-year-old boys. Thinking he didn't have the time, he declined the offer. Now, however, deeply conscious that his life would soon be over, he confessed to the pastor that his most painful regret was that he had missed such a golden opportunity to serve the Lord by investing his life in the lives of those nine-year-olds. He estimated that, that at least a hundred boys would have passed through that class. My investments in stocks and bonds will stay behind when I leave, he declared. 
What a fool I have been. Someone put it this way. It is easy to make a buck. It is tougher to make a difference. Are we making a difference with what Christ has given us? That's the caution. And then the Lord talks about the corruption. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust um, doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Christ says, don't put your, your, your faith, as it were, in earthly treasures because they will not last. They won't be here forever. They can be spoiled. They can be stolen. How many of you have ever had anything stolen? Anybody ever? I remember there was a there was a phase when people would break into cars for the car stereos. I was, I think we had two cars where we had our stereo stolen from the car. Um, and it, it, I don't know, if, if you've ever had um, somebody break into the house, I know people said, oh, and easy, they feel then going back to the house because somebody else has been, has been in there. Uh, and it's horrible, it's a horrible feeling. Um, and our material possessions can be spoiled. They can be stolen. As we said earlier, material wealth back in ancient times um, could have been measured in part by clothing. Um, and some of the items you can buy in terms of clothing today can be a ridiculous amount of money. You know, you look at something that's just got a particular badge on the chest and, you know, they can charge an extra two, three hundred pounds just because of the, the animal that's on the breast. And you think, that's crazy. It looks no different. It's probably not made any way more special um, than some of the stuff you can get in Primark. You get some good deals in Primark. I'll never go in myself. But apparently you can get some good deals in Primark. Yeah. If you're watching Primark, free ad advertisement, send some stuff my way. Um, but anyway, rich people used to get golden thread um, woven into their clothing, both to display and to store their wealth. And um, most of the best clothes were made of wool, which moth love to eat. Um, I have never um, had this problem myself, but uh, anybody ever use mothballs? Few people stop the moths eating your clothes. What are they? They, they like silk as well. Okay, thanks for that. Just asking a question there because I don't know, but I know they like wool because it said in, in the thing I was reading online that they like wool. Um, but they they would eat the clothing, and some of that clothing could be really expensive, and the moths can ruin it in a heartbeat. Um, grain was also considered a treasure uh, in Bible times, as illustrated by the rich farmer that we just looked at in Luke chapter 12. Um, but that treasure could also be ruined, because the word rust, where it said where um, moth and rust doth corrupt, that word rust is from the Greek word brosis, which can mean to devour or to be eaten. So that can either refer to a metal which can be devoured or eaten uh, away, or it can even be referred to as um, grain in the destruction of grain affected by rats, mice, mildew, worms, insects, and, and so forth. Treasures could also be stolen by thieves. So don't forget now, in terms of housing, in biblical times, you know, they didn't have 
Uh, the four-point lock system on the, the, the front door that we kind of have today, and they didn't have windows that locked. You saw how easy it was for the, the four friends to get their paralyzed friend in through the roof. Um, you know, so it only needed a little bit of digging, and the thieves could get into the house if they wanted to. Um, treasures could be stolen. Um, the word corrupt is from a, a Greek word which literally means to snatch out of view or sight, to cause to um, uh, vanish away, to destroy or to consume. It's ironic that earthly treasures eventually lose their luster, even in our own eyes. The satisfaction they have eventually goes away. How many of you have had maybe as a child you wanted that Christmas present you wanted that toy you wanted that gift and then as soon as you had it you begged and begged and begged and begged for it and then as soon as you had it you were like oh two days later kind of almost forgotten about and we do that with a whole host of things oh I want that new thing I want that new thing and as soon as you have it like oh okay it doesn't really satisfy Haggai 1.6 says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. What the Lord is saying is, earthly treasures do not give eternal satisfaction. It is possible that both our treasures upon earth and our treasures in heaven can invo involve uh, material things. Possessions that are wisely, lovingly, and willingly given and generously used for the kingdom can be the means of accumulating treasures in heaven. That's why, um, you know, you're never, um, um, you know, you're, you're never making a bad investment when we give to missionaries and when we support somebody in the work for the Lord because that money is just being passed on, as it were. Um, and that can't be corrupted, it can't be rusted, it can't be destroyed or stolen. Money can buy a lot of things, but there's also a lot of things it can't buy. It can buy a bed, but it can't buy sleep. Money can buy books, but it can't buy knowledge. Money can buy food, but it can't buy an appetite. It can buy medicine, but not health. It can buy a house, but not a home. It can buy luxuries, but not culture. It can buy amusement, but not happiness. It can buy religion, but it can't buy salvation. Jesus warns that earthly treasures will be destroyed. You cannot take it with you. There's an old miser called his doctor, his lawyer, and his pastor to his bedside. And he said, they, they tell you that you can't take your wealth with you. He said, but I'm going to try. I am going to, I'm leaving three envelopes with $30,000 of cash in each one. And I want each of you to take an envelope. And as they lower my casket into the ground, throw in the envelope. Each man on the day of the funeral tossed in his envelope as requested. But on the way home, the minister confessed. He said, I needed the money for the church, so I took $10,000 out and only threw in 20000 in the grave. The doctor said, I too must confess. He said, I'm building a clinic, so I took 20000 and only threw 10000 into the grave. The lawyer said, gentlemen, I am ashamed of both of you. I threw in a check for the full amount. None 
None of that. It's like all the young ones, like, what a check. <laughs> None of us will take what we leave on earth with us. None of us. Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then the Lord gives us a command. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Christ has given us a, a negative command and told us what not to do. As in all balanced preaching, he then gives us a positive instruction and tells us what to do. He says, don't store up treasures upon earth where moth and rust will corrupt and thieves will just steal. But here's the positive. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The moth can't get to it, the rust can't affect it, and the thieves can't steal it. If we are going to lay up treasures, lay them up in heaven because those treasures will be blessed and not broken. They'll be relished and not ruined. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things of earth, Paul said in Colossians 3.2. The phrase, set your affection, is from the Greek word which means to seek or to mind a thing. When you think about it, how much time and effort do we put into earning money? And we recognize that we need money to live, but how much time and effort do we put into saving for things to, uh, that we treasure, to buy things that we don't necessarily need? And if we put that same effort into building up all of those material possessions, if we put that much effort into our spiritual lives, then what could the Lord do with us and through us? To seek or set your mind to a thing. Um, it actually comes from the root word when it says set your affection. It comes from a root word which means the heart or mind. Our heart is to be on heaven. Why? Because if you were a child of God, then you're a citizen of heaven. Think about it this way. We all would like to live in a nice home. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we, you know, we decorate it and we make sure it's nice and we make sure it's comfortable. If you were there for your whole life, and some people are, you know, my, my grand was born pretty much in her home, there or thereabouts, and was there until she went home to be with the Lord. You know, that's, you know, like 97 years in one house. But compared to eternity, that was nothing. She may have lived it almost a hundred years, but when it comes to the home she has in heaven, she's going to be there for eternity. That hundred years is nothing compared to the time that she's in heaven. What am I saying? If we put just as much effort into spiritual things as we do on making the home feel comfortable, as we do on making our home feel nice, that's a place that we are just a pilgrim. We are just passing through. But the home we have in heaven, that's going to last for eternity. You know, I heard somebody say it this way, and I, this might just have been good preaching, this might just have been something that, but the preacher said this, storing up your treasures in heaven is basically sending on building materials for the Lord to use in constructing our mansion 
in my father's house for many mansions. He said, everything that you do for the Lord is basically you sending on building material. But do you care what type of house you'll have to live in for eternity? It's like the, the builder was, uh, was doing a, a job for a, a very wealthy businessman, and he was the, he was the, the go-to builder. And this wealthy businessman would, would have this man building properties all over the place. Uh, and one time, the, the, the wealthy businessman said to him, I want you to build a property, no expense paid. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the money for it, and you just, whatever it takes, you just build you know, the, the most perfect house, no problem. Well, what the builder did is he took the money, but he bought the cheapest materials possible. He cut as many corners as possible so that he could pocket the money that the businessman was giving him. At the end of it, he built a house, and it looked great on the outside, but it was full of the cheapest materials. And then the wealthy businessman handed him the keys and said, this house is for you as a gift. He then had to live in a house which he knew wasn't right. The Lord has given us a gift. But do we care what type of property we'll have in glory? What if we are sending those materials on to the Lord? He can only work with what we give him. Are we storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven? Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That word conversation is literally our citizenship. That's where we belong. When we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, it means literally all that we have is for the glory of God. Heavenly treasures will never diminish in value. Heavenly treasures are permanent, lasting, satisfying. The Apostle Paul exhorted the Thessalonians, uh, furthermore then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ that as you've received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Paul exhorted the Thessalonians to abound in spiritual matters. Do we care what kind of treasures we're sending up to heaven? And then finally, the Lord talks about the companion. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In 1946, Akio Morita and another man started a new company called Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering in a bombed-out department store in Tokyo in 1955. When Morita's company uh, made the first portable transistor radio in the world, an American company called Belova offered to buy the radios at a profit. But the deal troubled Mr. Morita and under the deal, uh, Belova would sell the radios under their own name. Mr. Morita wanted to establish his own company brand name. And even though the deal would have made him lucrative uh, to this, uh, would have been lucrative to this struggling company, he decided against it. He told the Belova people, I am now taking the first step for the next 50 years of my company. Mr. Morita's company went on to become one of the greatest success stories in business. Beside the transistor radio, they built the very first VCR and the first CD players. By the time he turned down the deal with Belova, Morita had already changed the name of his company to 
so neat. In business, the choice is often between present and future rewards, with the biggest rewards coming in the years ahead. As servants of Christ, we must forsake the enticing quick reward here for the long-term reward there. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, the quick, the quick reward, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, the future reward that would be far more lasting. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you are focused on the things of the earth, then your heart is going to be on the things of the earth. But if you are focused on the things of heaven, then that's where your heart's going to be. Your heart will shadow your treasures. The thing that a person values most highly inevitably occupies the center of your heart. Your heart is the center of your personality. It controls the intellect and the emotions and the will. If honor and recognition are your treasures, then that will, is what will be occupied with ambition. If money is your treasure, then you'll struggle with covetousness and greed. On the other hand, if you value, value eternal riches, then you'll pursue spiritual matters. What occupies your thoughts when you have nothing else to do? When, nothing else, when you have nothing else to do, what occupies your thoughts? What occupies your daydreams? Is it investments, positions, people? If those are the things that are constantly on your mind, then that is where your heart is really located. That's the things that you treasure. What do you fret about the most? Home, clothing, things? Then you know where your treasure's like. There's nothing wrong with having a home. There's nothing wrong with having things. But if that is the be-all and end-all, if that's where your heart is focused on, then that's your treasure. What are the things that you use to measure others? Do you measure others by their clothing, by their education, by their homes, by their athletic abilities? Do you measure their success in regards to the business world? Then that's where your treasure is. What is it that you know you cannot be happy without? That's your treasure. A man's heart has only enough life in it to pursue one object fully. Charles Spurgeon said. Oh, nice quote up there, man. A man's heart has only enough life in it to pursue one object fully. Can I say this? If you know Christ as your Savior, then pursue Him. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we are focusing on the things of this world, that's where our heart will be. Well, guess what? We are in the world, but not of the world. The things of this world can't satisfy as much as Christ can. You know, we are told today that things will make us happy. You, you look at these adverts. As long as you have that, you'll be happy. As long as you do this, you'll be happy. Let me tell you something. They don't care about your happiness. They care about your money. So if you buy their stuff, the people today think things will make them happy. 
Now none but Christ can satisfy. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth because they will not last. You will not take them with you. And I can promise you this. As much as you think your kids will benefit from them, they can't be bothered with all the trips they're going to have to make to the tip and too good to waste when they've got to get rid of it all. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because that's a treasure that will never, ever lose a single, single penny in terms of its value because it's for eternity. Father, we thank you again for this day and time together and we just pray you'd help us. Help us to recognize what is important in life. Father, we know the value you placed on our souls. We know that value because it's what put Christ upon the cross of Calvary. So, Father, I pray you'd help us to recognize the importance of eternal things, of heavenly things, and that as we strive to serve you, as we strive to read your word, pray to learn all that we can about you, to, to walk in accordance with your word and your will and your ways, Father, we recognize that each and every time we do that, we are storing up treasures on heaven. Every time we tell somebody about Christ, whether they accept or reject, that's the treasure that's stored up in heaven. Every time that we, we come and worship and praise you, that's the treasure that's stored up in heaven. Every time that we give to a missionary, every time that we help somebody in the ministry, every time that we do something for the cause of Christ, it's a treasure that is stored up in heaven. Father, whilst we might not see those rewards here on earth, one day when we get to glory, we'll recognize the importance of what we did here on earth in terms of sending those treasures forward to heaven. So, Father, I pray you'd help us to focus upon heavenly things more than earthly things as we strive to do all that we can to serve you because of all that you've done for us. And, Father, we pray that you'd just help us in this aspect of our life. We just want to say that we love you so much and we praise you in all that you do for us. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now we stand and sing our last hymn together. Have you been to Jesus? the cleansing power.
promises that we can guarantee that we will be in heaven one day to meet you because we have accepted you as our Savior and Lord. We pray, Father, that any here in tonight, even on uh, line, we pray that they will be challenged to give their hearts to you because you are a God who welcomes people, who forgives all their sins, washed us clean in your precious blood shed on Calvary. So thank you, Father, for the worship we've been able to give today to you. Let us as we part, not from you, Lord, and be with us now uh, during this week. Help us to speak to people about you and what you, have, what you can do for them, as you have done for us. So bless us as we part. We pray this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>